You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catholic Saints. I am Taylor Kemp, the Director of Formed, and with me today is Dr. Elizabeth Klein. Dr. Klein? Taylor. It is a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. It's always great to talk with you about the saints. So today, we are taking talking about St. Calmkill. I have had some trouble pronouncing that name, just yes. to be upfront about that. Right. So St. Calmkill yep. is an Irish slash Scottish saint. It also goes by St. Columba. So that's easier to say. You can say that if that's easier to say. I'm going to stick with it. Calmkill. But if you've ever heard of anyone named Calm, like Calm Wilkinson, like the famous Jean Valjean of Les Mis, oh. that's this name. So he, okay, so we got some namesakes. Calmkill. All right, so we are talking about St. Calmkill. What, who, who is St. Calmkill? So St. Calmkill lived in the 6th century, so from 521 to 597 are his okay. approximate dates. Um, and he is famous as the Apostle of Scotland, particularly of Caledonia or a group in Scotland known as the Picts. Okay. Because there were some Scottish people converted before him. So that's what he's famous for. He founded uh, an abbey, the Abbey of Iona, which is one of the most significant abbeys of this period. It's incredibly important for the evangelization of the British Isles. So we have mm -hmm. done a bunch of kind of like Celtic British saints mm -hmm. before, like Cuthbert and um, Bede, and mm -hmm. all of these people were directly affected by the founding of Iona because a lot okay. of the missionaries came from there into the north of England, and this was like the center of the culture of Celtic Christianity. Um, so if you've ever heard of the Book of Kells, mm -hmm. the famous illuminating manuscript, it was almost certainly produced at Iona. Um, cool. So for 300 years, this is like the hub of Christianity uh, in the British Isles. So he founded that abbey. So it'd be good to listen to this episode. And if you haven't listened to um, St. Bede or St. Cuthbert, go check them out because they were in a sense yeah, they're a all fruit connected. of... Mm -hmm. And St. Patrick is Patrick. just before this as well. Okay. Uh, so this is a very famous abbey, like the other some of the other um, monasteries we've talked about in the, this period, like Lindisfarne, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with it, or Skellig Michael, made famous by Star Wars. Um, these abbeys were founded on islands, like Iona, and so this is kind of like the British version of going into the desert. Yeah. So, you know, the Egyptian monks, they go out to mountains in the middle of the sand while they go out into the sea, mm -hmm. uh, and you have these kind of harsh conditions and inaccessibility due to the water and these kinds of things. So Iona, like those ones, uh, is founded on, on an island. Um, and so from uh, the foundation of this monastery, then uh, Scotland is, is evangelized. Uh, but so I had a, I like kind of felt like I bit off too much that more than I could chew with this saint because mm -hmm. I read all this kind of historical stuff about him. Uh, and then I went and read the one of the earliest li lives of Columba, Calm Hill, uh -huh. uh, and they didn't really like match up. Okay. So, so the so the biographical details that I read, although they're kind of debated, we're not really sure, is that he was in Ireland at first. Okay. Uh, born in Ireland, um, you know, became a monk there, actually was taught by some of the most famous kind of churchmen of the time in Ireland. And then when he was around 40, he left for Scotland. Um, okay. And the reasons for his leaving Ireland are unclear. Uh, it seems that maybe he started a battle over a Psalter book. Okay. Um, and he had an what argument. An intellectual battle? A physical, a physical battle, battle? A physical a battle. battle. Uh, so it seems that he had a disagreement about a Psalter book that he had copied that he wanted to keep, but the abbot of his monastery thought that it belonged to the, the monastery, and somehow this may have led to a battle. He might have been excommunicated because of this, Harsh, um, yeah. but maybe not. Okay. So it's not really clear. He had family in Scotland. So he leaves Ireland around this time. 
Uh, some sources say he did it out of penance for this battle. Other sources say, oh, no, oh, he just left because his family lived there. He's like a, He has noble connections, and he moved to Scotland. He went back to Ireland at other times, so he wasn't, like, exiled. So hmm. the life... But then the life of, covers that. Or? So the life does not cover that. So okay. this is what I found confusing. And when well, we say, sorry, can you t what is the life that right? We sorry. Say the so life? the life of Saint Columba, uh, the most famous life of him, is written about a hundred years later um, by a later abbot of Iona okay. named Admanin, another hard name to pronounce. Um, and when I do these saints stories, I usually like to try to stick to stuff that's close to the saint's life, that's mm -hmm. not as legendary, that's within living memory. So if I just yep. find it very interesting. We try to give you the facts. We try to everybody. give you the facts, people. And this life is written within living memory, mm -hmm. uses earlier sources, but it's not like other lives I've read in that it doesn't tell anything about his biography. It doesn't tell mm, about like... That is interesting. Really, it's not chronological, doesn't talk about kind of when he was born so or like the founding... like a spiritual biography? It's just miracles. Oh, okay. It's like basically 100 pages of miracles. So there are three sections of the book. One is his <laughs> his prophecies, his miracles, and his visions of angels. If you're if you're following a guy around who's doing a lot of miracles, you are probably going to be like, I don't care as much about where he's from and how <laughs> he got here. So the life only mentions this whole like excommunication <laughs> moving to Scotland thing once. Uh, and it At says... It says he it. was excommunicated for some pardonable and very trifling reasons and unjustly. That could be a Psalter book <laughs> disagreement. Yeah, All so, right. So, so it says that, and it's and the life says that the excommunication was lifted when one of the other bishops saw that he was attended by angels. That would do it. Um, all right. So what we know <laughs> is that at forty, around forty, he left Ireland to go to Scotland. The reasons are somewhat unsure. It may have had something to do with a Psalter book. Uh, but the upshot is he founded an incredibly famous monastery in Evangelized Scotland. That, which is the, that's a very good upshot. Okay, so he, he goes to Scotland and does he immediately found the monastery? Yeah, so he found, well, not immediately. I think he settles somewhere else first, but then moves further west and founds Iona, okay. which is also referred to in sources as High, H-Y. Okay. Um, but there's a kind of an interesting connection. Iona is Jonah in Hebrew. Okay. Jonah in Hebrew means dove. Mm -hmm. And then the other name he comes to be known by, Columba, also means dove. So there's so some kind of connection between the monastery and his name. Um, and so I found the life very interesting because it wasn't even kind of just about St. Columkill, but it almost read like a family photo album of Iona because this is written by a later abbot mm -hmm. about their founder. Um, and he's collecting stories from people who knew him, from earlier sources, and there's lots of other places and people nearby who are named in the story. And like, oh, yeah, and this happened to so-and-so who lives in such-and-such -such a place, and hmm. this happened to the line of such-and-such. -such. Um, and so the kind of, like, back-to-back -back miracle thing yeah. is kind of explained by that. Okay. Um, but I thought there was lots of interesting things in the life, even though for me— like, I'm not a skeptic when it comes to saints' lives, but there are, like, some pretty crazy miracles that yeah. were a little hard to believe. Yeah. Um, but I felt like you got the sense of the kinds of miracles he was doing. And with the number of miracles that are associated with him in such a short time, I mean, has to be mm -hmm. has to be miracles. Like, yeah. that just seems, like, yeah, obvious. Just, yeah. And so one thing I was thinking about with the miraculous, and maybe for others who go to read saints' lives from mm -hmm. this period and they're kind of surprised by it. I, I was really thinking about a lot with this life in particular, um, the kind of encounter of Celtic Christianity with paganism. Okay. Because, you know, there's like Roman paganism, mm -hmm. and there's like Celtic paganism. <laughs> Meaning no, what? It's kind of like paganism 
it's to not the max. it's notched up you know? a couple levels. It's notched yeah. up a couple levels, you know? It's pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the encounters of bishops with pagan druids and things, these are very intense encounters. Uh-huh. And of course, we do have examples of sort of God's power being manifested over and against these other gods through the miraculous. Uh-huh. You have this in the Old Testament, you're calling down fire mm-hmm. on the altar. But you know, that's not really the whole story, right? Because Christianity is going to teach a very different yep. message than paganism, right? Yeah, it's, it's going to teach gonna, it. It's not yep. going to say, honor the local gods for earthly benefits. Mm-hmm. That's not the message of Christianity. It's, you know, take up your cross and follow me mm-hmm. and that you're going to worship this God for eternal benefits. And so I was thinking about the way in which the miraculous sort of manifests God's power in Columbus' life mm-hmm. in a in a powerful way, but without implying sort of God is just going to, this God is going to give you what you want, mm-hmm. and he's better than those other gods who are giving you what yeah, you want. Yeah, or like you know? manifest himself in such a way that it almost demands faith, kind of like by just over, yeah, like overpowering. It's like, that's just like it, not how Christ works. Yeah, <laughs> it shows him as more powerful than the Druids or the pagan gods um, without kind of compromising what the power of God actually looks like mm. in people's lives. Because the power of God in people's lives often, you know, doesn't really look like God no. calling down fire upon your enemies. No. I mean, occasionally, but usually, it can happen, yeah. but usually not. Um, and so the number one miracle that uh, Columbus is associated with is prophecy. Hmm. So there's a whole book, basically just back-to-back stories of him foretelling things that are going to happen. Hmm. Uh, and I thought this was a really interesting way of like manifesting power precisely without impeding on God's providence. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I clearly am powerful because I can tell you everything that's going to happen to mm-hmm. you but I'm not causing those things to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm not changing events. I'm not, you know, sort of performing these wondrous signs that are better than the Druid signs, but I'm telling you Mm -hmm. that my God controls the whole universe. Mm -hmm. uh, And then I'm able to see ahead of time kind of what's going to happen. So there's lots of stories about him foretelling specific events in particular people's lives Mm -hmm. in like world events and battles and all these kinds of things. Um, And it's, so it's like, a pretty wild power. I mean, I don't know yeah. how many saints are associated with yeah. being able to tell the future consistently about people's individual lives. <laughs> Neither do I. Yeah, you'll hear so, like snippets here and there, but as kind of a regular thing. So this seems so to be primarily what uh, he was known for. Um, so that's striking. But on the other hand, often what he does with that providential knowledge is like pray. Hmm. So, or or try to re- cause sinners to repent. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, which he, is a fruit of like authentic, you know, like the fact that he he's being given these prophetic gifts and he's that that's leading him into prayer and it's calling people to repentance. You're like, oh, that that lines up. Right. And so it simultaneously is powerful. Like we mm-hmm. would be very surprised mm-hmm. if somebody were able to tell us the future of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a powerful sign from God, but it's also the kind of sign that can be put to sort of the the use of the saint mm-hmm. in a very spiritual way. So, you know, he have like, oh, I've just realized that my kinsman back in Ireland is about to die in childbirth, so we need to go pray. Mm. You know, and so they go pray, and he's like, oh, she's good now. <laughs> you know? So these these kinds of things happen. Yeah. Or he'll say, like, tomorrow a sinner is going to arrive at Iona. And he's like, his sin is so great, don't let him approach the island. Like, I am going to tell him that he needs to do penance for 12 years before, you know, so he has these, like, you know, kind of prophetic knowledge, but that prophetic knowledge is used 
uh, to drive him to prayer uh, and to drive people to repentance. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a kind of an interesting, on the one hand, something we wouldn't necessarily expect to find in a saint's life. Uh, but on the other hand, it seemed to me fitting and like kind of, I don't know, it kind of gives you like this flavor. Like when you read this life, you, you do get this flavor of like battle with demons and yeah. um, stuff that people felt in the ancient world very palpably, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about the conversion of a whole nation of people mm-hmm. who worship different gods. Um, and so it gives you that that feeling of like evangelization in a, in a particular time and place and what it needed. Mm-hmm. And I think that this also helps us with miracles. Like we think like, why don't these miracles happen today? Uh, and first of all, I think there's more miracles that happen today than maybe we're aware of. Yeah. But I think also there is something about a particular time and place and what people are able to receive and understand that mm-hmm. manifests certain miracles. And so, you know, Jesus, when he goes to Nazareth, says he can produce no signs there because yeah, of their little faith. No faith yeah. uh, and so when people are like open to the working of the supernatural yeah. in a different way, I think it can be manifested mm-hmm. uh, powerfully. So I thought that was one thing, one cool thing. I always get something wonderful from saints lives i highly recommend reading any kind of saints lives even if they're wild you always get something very beautiful from them and they always have awesome stories Mm -hmm. even when you're like really yeah is that i don't know but then you're like then you're like i don't know god can do what he wants (laughs) it's true uh so that's one thing uh i noticed about his life another thing about his life that's that's similar with other saints is that he does he's purported to do like miracles similar to christ Okay. Like really similar to Christ, like the same miracles. Okay. So he, he says his first miracle was turning water into wine mm-hmm. uh, when he was a deacon. Apparently they couldn't find any wine for the Eucharist. So he just got some water and turned it into wine and they consecrated it. They have it. no wine. They have no wine. So have he, wine. he turned water into wine. Uh, there's another miracle reported where a boy touches the hem of his cloak uh, and then uh, Colm Kill mm-hmm. uh, blesses him and kind of, I guess he was kind of like an obnoxious kid at the monastery. It was kind of nobody liked him. And so he blesses him and said he will be like eloquent of speech and everyone will like him now. So not quite a flow of blood, but very yeah. similar yep. uh, miracle. He stills a storm when the sailors are crying out, we are perishing, mm-hmm. like really similar. Uh, and then above all, he raises a picked boy from the dead. In mm. the story. So this story is, I mean, it's very moving. So it's the story of a, fam- a poor picked family that decides to convert and be baptized. Mm-hmm. Shortly after their baptism, the boy falls ill and dies. Uh, and so the Druids are mocking this family for having abandoned the their traditional mm-hmm. faith and saying that this God has not protected them. Uh, and so Calmkill goes into the room kind of alone, like in the raising of Jairus's daughter, and tells the boy to arise. These are very him. similar. Very similar. But from a theological perspective, it's very fitting because what we believe about the saints is that they have been transformed by the grace of God to be conformed to Christ the head as part of his body. Uh, and that all of us, as St. Paul says, uh, that it's that, oh my gosh, Galatians 2.20, that I'm... It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so it's very fitting that through his saints, Christ is continuing to live out his life. So it makes sense that these things would kind of repeat. Yeah. I mean, when I was thinking about it, like the impulse behind it, whether or not these are like exaggerated or conformed to Christ's miracles, maybe more than what they actually happened. If anything like this happened, it's pretty amazing. It is. Uh, And if you think about like, I don't know, I kind of thought of it as like, uh, the good and proper version of like the Mormon impulse where like Jesus comes to America, you yes. know, hallows America or something. Yeah. And it's like, well, Jesus did go to Scotland. He did. That's right. You know, yep. and that's, and that's how the people feel about mm-hmm. this saint. 
uh, and about the founding of this monastery and about the conversion of a nation. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, I'm, none of us have experienced, maybe we will, yeah. none of us have experienced the conversion of an entire people to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you have experienced something as life-changing in the, as that and have experienced the kind of miracles that are attributed to the saint, you say, like, Christ has visited his people. Mm-hmm. And so Beautiful. in the life, it will often say things like they venerated Christ in his saints. That's right, yeah. Uh, and that's just a very beautiful thing to think about with the saints in our own mm-hmm. lives. And when we think about the power of the saints in our own lives, or maybe we're worried about veneration of the saints or have to explain it to other people or something like that, if we really believe that the saints are the mystical body of Christ, mm-hmm. that they actually are him and mm-hmm. all of us are Christ in a very mm-hmm. real way, it's a very powerful thing to experience mm-hmm. the holiness of another person and say, this is Christ speaking to me. And mm-hmm. we have always, we've all experienced that, not in ways of like people being raised from the dead probably, mm-hmm. but we've all experienced the power of a holy preacher, for example. Yep, that's right. And we say, this is Christ. He is speaking mm-hmm. to me right now. Yep. No, this isn't a man. This isn't about the merits of this particular person. Yep. This isn't about the fact that they're a good preacher, though I'm glad they're that they are. <laughs> yeah. But this is Christ. Yeah, God is speaking, God is speaking to me. Uh, and so... For them to see this conversion of their country and the fruits of this monastery 100 years after Columba, to say, like, we really realize that Christ has been here, that Christ has walked on this earth, that Christ... And the life is very attentive to the locations that the miracles take place. Hmm. You know, like, this happened in this field Mm -hmm. over in this this place, or this happened over in that town over there. Uh, And if you think about their real sense of Christ having visited them in the saint... This, that makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. right? Like if you go to the Holy Land, it's like, well, this right is where there. Christ, right here yeah. is where Christ died and right here. Oh, uh, and so if they yeah. think about like right here is where the saint raised this boy and mm-hmm. right here is where this saint founded the monastery. Um, that seems like a very palpable way of people experiencing the presence of Christ yep. at the end of the world as they would see it, right? Like yep. the British Isles are considered by everyone to be like, mm, yeah. there's nowhere there's further nowhere than else, they don't know about the know. new world yet. But like, this is the end of the world as far as anyone's concerned. Yeah. Uh, and you get that feeling in these lives where they're like, we're, we're out here all by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We're out here in the island in the ocean. You look out there, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing but the sea. <laughs> You know, and they have a very um, keen sense of like the majesty of God, hmm. uh, which you would, right? I if mean, you stand all the time by the ocean, exactly, and you have to deal with the you ocean, see the power of the waves and the storms. Yep. And, yeah. and uh, so, one other thing in that vein, I want to mention is there are a couple hymns uh, that we think yeah, can okay. be incredibly attributed to Columba, Columkill, and they really like bring out this sort of power of God and the yeah. fear of God. Um, so I'll just read one little stanza. He says, Oh, Father, hear our earnest plea that we may not be unsettled, uh, may not unsettled be. Loud thunder's threats, let us not fear. No lightning's fire when it comes near. We fear you, God, the dreadful one. Besides you, other gods are none. As angels raise their voice in praise, we sing w- with them throughout all our days. Let heaven praise you from the heights and roaming lightning's brilliant lights. O oh, loving Jesus, King of kings, your righteousness creation mm. sings. Uh, and so, yeah, this idea of the the power and awe mm-hmm. of God, which the saint clearly brought to the people, but also which they felt uh, and and was needed for kind of the evangelization mm-hmm. of the people living near the ocean well, and fearing the weather and and fearing, you know, sort of the the powers of the world, right? We don't we mm-hmm. don't know what it's like to be kind of at the mercy of the weather. We don't. No, that's um, the thing. Yep. And so, yeah, it, it's just you get a sense of how Christ visited those people uh, through this life in a very cool way. Mm -hmm. 
And one last thing. I'm ready. The first reference to the Loch Ness Monster is in the life okay. of Columba, so I thought we should probably mention that. Please mention that. So speaking that. of the sea the and Loch the might and the power of the sea, there are a couple stories of him rebuking <laughs> sea monsters, uh, but particularly in uh, at Loch Ness, at this lake, uh, this monster has like gobbled up a local. Uh, I'm wondering you, is this is St. Columkill the origin of the Loch Ness Monster? I don't know if it's the origin. It's just the first known reference that's, to he, a monster. Just in, call it 6th century. He's, he's the origin. He's the man. Uh, and so one of his disciples is swimming in the lake, and the monster's coming to get him. And so Columkill rebu- rebukes him with the sign of the cross. Yeah. He flees. Wow. So, yeah, I feel like some of the takeaways as you were going through, thanks for walking us through uh, his life in the, the book, The Life. But... Um, just the the saints are all every saint reveals something of Christ. That's what, like as the body, the mystical body that is participating in Christ. That every saint reveals something. And I was just thinking particularly how you you pointed out prophecy um, that we know that Christ is priest, prophet, and king. And that um, correct me if I'm wrong, but to be a prophet in the most technical sense, it's to be a mouthpiece for God, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, and that he. It's just he he was kind of showing God's power through his miracles, but also that it's um, by proclaiming things that are true as he was given this gift of kind of also like foretelling what mm-hmm. was to come. Um, but that he's just manifesting um, just the power of God and how you made a comment that every every saint points us to God, like not to himself. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, you know, if the saints it is through looking at the saints that we see the greatness of God in a sense. Right. Uh, um, there's a image, I think Pope Francis has used it, but also others of the saints as a, as a prism that reflects yeah. the light of Christ. You have this one pure white light that sometimes is too bright yeah. <laughs> or we can't, That's see all of its sort of we can't see all of its beauty but when it's refracted in the lives of the saints we're able to see all these dimensions of christ that's a really great um, image sort of in our own time and place yeah that's awesome all right well wonderful so saint calm kill do you have any any parting take homes parting comments no just that i did not know a lot about this saint and it turns out he's a pretty important saint and has some pretty awesome miracles and you can buy this life the life of edmund Ann actually has a penguin classics version wow so if you want to check it out for yourself Send me an email. Tell me what you tell me if you liked it. That's pretty cool. And the Loch Ness. We can't we can't forget that. But I also am inspired. I you know, I think there is something that is lost. I feel that this is lost being as modern man lives in homes and stuff, that we're just so disconnected from the outside world. I'm like, I would love to be overwhelmed by the grandeur of creation, but I'm in my house too much. Uh, well you can, you can there is actually still a medieval abbey that stands on Iona. I'm probably not going to make so it. So you can go and soon. take a retreat. I don't know if the girls when are your kids are all there. grown yeah. up and you're old and want to have more fear <laughs> of God and that. the final judgment. You can go. <laughs> I would do it. Live on the Abbey of Iona for a bit. Go to Skellig Michael. Yeah, wonderful, Dr. Klein. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Saint Columkill. So everyone, thank you out there. We hope you learned today some wonderful things that are edifying and informative about Saint Columkill. This is Catholic Saints. We will see you next time. You can watch these interviews in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, ebooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.